Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. And uh, what I want to share tonight um, is by way of telling a story. Okay, I thought with our baptisms coming up straight after uh, my preach and uh, Easter just around the corner, these are two incredible values for us who are Christians. Baptism and Easter are incredible occasions in the life of a Christian. Um, But I don't want to assume everyone here understands uh, the significance of baptism and Easter and why they mean so much to us. And so I thought it'd be great just to share a simple little story to help you understand why this is so significant tonight. Why when we cheer every person who goes through the waters of baptism, why we do it. And the reason I feel to tell a story is because Jesus, um, the founder of the Christian movement, um, was a great storyteller. If you read any of the four Gospels, you'll see them littered with Jesus telling incredible stories, or as the Bible calls them, parables. Jesus was brilliant at taking something that uh, was happening before their very eyes and turning it into a teaching lesson. And so when he was in a rural environment and he saw sheep and shepherds, he would talk about sheep and shepherds. He would say that I'm the great shepherd. And he would say people are like sheep. And he did that because there was a context to that. For me to start talking about sheep and shepherds, it wouldn't have a good context, not here in Australia. If we were in New Zealand, however, it would take on a whole different meaning. But we are here in Australia. But that's another story altogether. Um, And so I want to start this evening by telling a story, but I do need a volunteer. And so I'm going to handpick a volunteer tonight. And as I look around the room, I'm going to pick pick, um, Paul (laughs) O'Neill. Wasn't planned at all, just was not planned at all. Paul's one of our young members who's been in the church for a number of years. How long have you been in the church? Uh, going on six. You're six years of age? Or you... oh, God. How long? <laughs> You've been coming to church? Six years. I'm in a silly mood, so I don't know why, but it's, just, it's evident, huh? So six years. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, so you're happy to be my prop tonight? Oh, I'm more than happy. All right. Everyone say hi to Paul. Everyone say hi to Paul. Tell Paul he can do this. Encourage him. He needs some encouragement. And and so my story goes a little something like this. There there were two boys that grew up together and they were best friends in school. Specimen A, specimen B, right here. And uh, after school finished, they lost contact and went their separate ways. One of them went off the rails Got a, whole <laughs> got a heap, whole heap of tattoos, grew facial hair and uh, caused a lot of trouble for the local police, ended up on the wrong side of the law and got himself into trouble and ended up in a courtroom. Please take a seat. I picked well, didn't I? His other friend did really well for himself. (laughs) And uh, he went on to finish high school and university and become a lawyer. This is a dream come true. (laughs) Instagram will be a buzz, I'm sure. Help me Jesus with this. 
I'm a bit nervous about this thing because when it was in my office before, I'm sure I swore it was moving. I, 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 but anyway, so there we go. Order in the court. Silence. Ah, <laughs> oh, I, I just feel better about myself already. I might look a bit ridiculous, but I feel I just feel so good about myself. Am I wearing it all right, Pete? I need to thank Pete Doe, who's actually a lawyer. So thank you, appreciate that. As opposed to a wannabe. Um, but to the courtroom's surprise that day, when the judge residing entered the room and they saw that it was a friend to the man who was accused, everyone waited, and this is where you've got to participate with me, everyone waited with eager anticipation, wanting to know what sentence the judge would pass. Can you feel the anticipation building? The courtroom was a bus, a bus, and they talked among themselves. What's going to happen? Talked. Order in the court, order in the court. But to everyone in the courtroom's amazement and surprise, the judge showed no leniency to his old friend. In actual fact, he passed the full sentence of the law to his former friend. And the courtroom was a buzz. Horrified, shocked, amazed. And the judge, just because he wanted to, said, order, order, order in the court. When the court came to order, the judge surprised everyone again. <gasps> you guys are good. Because the judge took off his robe and his hairpiece, wig, dead rat, <laughs> stepped down, came over to his friend, Order in the court, order in the court. <laughs> Stepped over to his friend and told everyone in the room that day, not only do I pass judgment upon this man and accuse him and sentence him to the full extent of the law, but I also, as his friend, want to be the very one who pays the price and ultimately set this man free because he's my friend. And on that, 
the young man stood up, smiled, was grateful, and left the stage. Thank you. And you know what? All jokes aside, at that moment, the judge became the Redeemer. And this is the gospel in a nutshell. This is the Christian message in a nutshell. And from this simple little story that we've had a little bit of fun with tonight, it highlights three incredible attributes and characteristics of the nature of our God. And I want you to catch these three things tonight and hopefully have the eyes of our hearts opened afresh to the goodness and the greatness of our God that we would have better understanding as to the excitement that is in this room as our family and friends go through the waters of baptism because this is not just a ceremony. This is a life-giving celebration of the good things that our God has done. Our judge has become Redeemer and set us free. Three things very quickly we can learn about the character and nature of our God. The first one is this, that our God is indeed judge. He's a judge. And this is an attribute, this is a characteristic of God that many people would know about or know of, but misunderstand. And by virtue of God being judge, we say, yeah, and that's why I don't want a bar of Him because He's too strong. But what you need to understand is that for God not to judge sin, for God not to judge iniquity, for God not to judge people that do the wrong thing, would mean that He was not a loving God. See, inside every one of us, because we've been created in the image of God, we all like justice. And where does that come from? It comes because we were created in the image of God. Every one of us gets up in arms when we see somebody who's done the wrong thing and gets let off. I mean, just recently, just this week, there was a, a young man, 31 years of age, who went on a rampage and stabbed a young girl to death and then went on and assaulted and raped somebody else. And, and, and how, what, 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 what would this community and the family of this young girl Think of the judge who said, ah, you know what? Just let him go. You know in your heart of hearts, justice must be done. The judge that just winked at that incident would not be a caring, loving God. Because somebody has been ill-treated. Someone has been unfairly treated. A life has been lost. And so justice must be done. Would that be fair to say? That's obviously a very extreme case. But let's bring it down to something that affects you and I on a regular basis. When somebody takes something of yours and they don't ask you. I'm not talking about steal. I'm just about just taking it just to borrow. And they don't ask you. We're like, justice! Where does that come from? Because we know it's just right that you ask the person it belongs to. 
This part of our being reflects something of the character and nature of God. When wrong has been done, when ill has been done, it needs to be put right. Every one of us, Christian or not, believer or not, those that have been walking with Jesus for many years or those that are far from God know this to be true. When our loved ones get picked on. I mean, it's okay for us to pick on our loved ones, but if someone picks on our loved ones, justice! It's not right. I'm going to be honest with you. This afternoon as I was driving with my daughter who is learning to drive, I'm letting you know that so you can just be forewarned. She was driving and doing a great job doing all the things that a learner driver needs to do. And this young man with his young friends came tearing up on the inside and went left at the roundabout from the right-hand lane. Thankfully, Geordie was going left, so we didn't have a problem with that. But I want to tell you, as a dad um, of the young girl who's learning to drive and had a little bit of a scare at that moment, I, I wanted to... I wanted to get out the car and just have a word. And what made it worse, they were snaking up the road and hands out the window. And I'm just like, Jordy, can this car go any faster? <laughs> but then at that moment, she wouldn't, she'd be speeding. And I'm just like, but there's justice in us. That's because we've been created in the image of God. See, what you've only got to understand is sin and God's glory don't mix. It's like oil and water. God loves us, but it's our sin that keeps us at a distance from Him. Sin and God's glory don't mix. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. That simply means none of us match up to the perfection of our God. That's the leveller. You might say, well, I'm a bit better than Katie. And to be honest, that's not going to be hard. <laughs> I'm joking and I love you. But here's the thing. When we compare ourselves to one another, we, it is. Some people, it's easier to be better than them. And others, oh, I couldn't be like that person. But they're not our benchmark. Our benchmark is God. And so as judge... He wants to ensure that righteousness is fulfilled. And before you write God off, there's a little bit of that in every one of us. But what I love about God, He didn't just stay judge. He didn't just stop there. He's not like, like the bully that just wants you to be like Him, but is doing nothing to help. See, God loves the world so much it says in John 3.16, He loves the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son. See, only a couple of months ago, we celebrated Christmas. And Christmas is about the day when God left the splendour of heaven. He took off His cloak. And He came down from heaven and joined humanity and walked amongst us. And befriended you and He befriended me. This was misunderstood in the day. 
Jesus was so irreligious, according to the religious people, that they didn't understand Him. They said He's a drunkard. He said, look at Him, He goes to the parties. He goes to the pubs. He actually says yes to wedding invitations when there's gonna be alcohol. Jesus goes to those kind of weddings. And it's worse than that, when the alcohol runs out, He creates some more. And they called him a wine bibber. They called him a drunkard. They said he's got a demon. This was God amongst us. Because the religious society didn't understand in order to win people, you've got to love people and you've got to befriend people. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He became our friend. He's not just judge, he's also our friend. God is judge, absolutely. But He doesn't just stage out. He's also become our friend. And He was at the parties. He was at the weddings. He was at the banquets. He was at the pubs. He was at funerals. Jesus ruined many funerals. There's one thing you don't want to do at a funeral and that's raise the dead person because you no longer have a funeral. All that money and all the preparation, what a waste. People are mourning and, and crying and, and, and just weeping. And Jesus says, uh, let, let me add him. And would heal people at a funeral, thus ruining all the plans. Because he's not just judge, he's also our friend. And Jesus didn't go to the pubs. He didn't go to the clubs. He didn't go to the weddings and the funerals, the banquets because he was a glutton or a drunkard like he was accused of. I'll tell you why he went there, because people were there. Why did he leave heaven to come to planet earth? Because that's where people are. And they're the ones he's come to help. As our friend, he's come alongside us and said, you don't have to do this alone. I'm here for you. I'm with you. The Bible says it this way, that Jesus was tempted and tested in every way as you and I are, but never faltered, never sinned. But not only is He our judge and our friend, but He's also our Redeemer. He's the one who not only left heaven and came alongside us and befriended us, but he recognised as our friends, we were struggling. As our friend, we needed help. And wouldn't it be fair to say that a good friend seeing another friend in need helps? And that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's what we're about to celebrate at Easter. Christmas was Jesus coming, leaving the splendour of heaven and coming to planet earth to dwell amongst us. Easter was when He paid the price for us. Jesus loves us so much, He couldn't turn a blind eye to our sin. He couldn't just say, I love you, so it's okay. Come parents, you know what that's like. You might love your kids, but if you just let them get away with everything, you're gonna spoil them and they're not gonna grow and they're gonna come grow up becoming worse than that moment. Those areas in their life need disciplining 
and challenging. And so Jesus comes alongside us and recognise there's something that you need to do that you can't do. So I'm going to do it for you. You've got a debt that you can never pay back. And that debt cannot be ignored. It must be paid. But you can't pay it. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the message of Christ. Every one of us has a death sentence over our life. Every one of us has a debt that we cannot pay. But Jesus said, I'll pay it for you. I'll pay it for you. See, this chair that this young man was sitting on earlier in the form of Paul represents every life in this place. It represents your life and it represents mine. All of us have done acts of injustice toward our God. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. All of us have. You may not have done something that somebody else has done, but it's irrelevant. We've all done something that separated us from our judge, our God. But He's come alongside us. And when He went to the cross, He took our place. And the death sentence that was over our life because of our sin, Jesus said, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to pay the price for you. It would be like being in a financial situation where you owe hundreds of millions of dollars and you can't pay it back. But the law demands you pay it back. It's either that or, or spend the rest of your life in prison. And then some kind person, some rich person, some person who has an ability that you don't have comes alongside you and says, here, I'm going to give you those millions of dollars and set you free. If that ever happened to you, what do you think the response of that receiver would have? What do you think the response would be of the person receiving those millions of dollars would be? It would be one of celebration, joy, gratitude, thankfulness, hopefully for the rest of their life. And hopefully they'd never ever forget it. And hopefully whatever that man asked of them, just out of sheer gratitude, they would do it. And so when Jesus took our place, He was effectively saying, because of what I've done, for each and every one of you, you can be set three, uh, free in three areas of your life. You can be set free from forgiveness of your past. This is the great message of Jesus Christ, that every one of us can have our past sins forgiven. No matter what we've done, we don't have to walk around with the shame or guilt of our past anymore because of what Jesus did on the cross. He also gave us the power to manage our present, the here and the now. And we live in a world that is not managing their world very well at all. We, we live in a world 
where their emotions are getting the better of them. People are stressed out and anxious. People are depressed and taking medication upon medication just to deal with their present. But Jesus wants to be so present in our lives that we can manage our present circumstances and situations. And that's what He wants to do in each and every one of our lives. When you give your life to Christ, you can also be guaranteed of your future. The Bible says that when we give our life to Christ, that we'll not only have an abundant life here on planet Earth, but we'll also have an eternal life. And spend it with Him in heaven all the days of our life. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 